through that's what you think that was about. But let's go to Revelation chapter 4. Let's look at that real quick. And let's just start in verse 1, and we're just going to see if we can get all the way through it tonight. John writes, after this, so after the letters to the seven churches, I looked, and there before me was a door standing open in heaven. This is really interesting because John actually gives us an eyewitness account. He says he heard, he saw, and so we have an eyewitness account from credible witness of what went on and what he saw and what he heard when he was lifted up into heaven. Was he lifted up physically or just in the spirit? Well, we don't know that. Okay? could be that this was a, a vision that God gave him, or it could be that he just was actually physically lifted into heaven while he was on that island of Patmos. In any case, he saw some incredible things. After this, I looked, and there before me was a door standing open in heaven. And the voice I had first heard speaking to me like a trumpet said, that's interesting because in, you see in Revelation and in other parts of the Bible, when God's voice is, is uh, likened unto a waterfall or an ocean or a, a, a many waters, it says. It's likened unto thunder and lightning. It's likened unto, unto uh, uh, a trumpet. Yes, thank you. It's to a trumpet. And you know, there are many trumpets in the Bible, and there's many trumpets in Revelation, and we're going to be having to study them pretty quick. It says in the voice I first heard, that would be that would be in chapter one, with Jesus speaking to me like a trumpet said, Come up here, and I will show you what must take place after this. At once I was in the Spirit, and there before me was a throne in heaven with someone sitting on it. You wonder whether that's what the rapture is going to be like when God says, come up here, we will at once be in the Spirit, and we don't quite know what that's going to be like, because I'm assuming that our physical bodies are going to be left behind, because it says in Corinthians, flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God. So. These bodies are going to be useless at some point in time, if not now. <laughs> My body seems to be getting more useless as we go on. And he says this, I saw before me a throne in heaven. Now we see this word throne, it's amazing, it's in Revelation 4, 2, 4, 5, 6, 9, 10, in Revelation chapter 5, verses 1, 6, 7, 11, and 13. So that's, let's see, that's 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11. That's at least 11 times just in those chapters. And he says, with someone sitting on it. We're going to notice, too, when he describes the one sitting on the throne, and we're going to see Ezekiel describing it. Isaiah describes it. It's a very, very general description because God does not make himself visible to humans. What does it say in the Old Testament that if anybody sees God, they'll die? You know? So when we see John or Ezekiel making a comment that it looked like a fire or like a burning metal or something, it's just a general description of what God is allowing these people to see. God is a spirit, so it, I'm not exactly sure how you would describe God anyway. No. How do you describe spirit? It says here, verse 3, And the one who sat there had the appearance of jasper. And we've determined that that's very clear. It's like a diamond. And carnelian, that is red. A rainbow resembling an emerald, which would be green, encircled the throne. What an 
outstanding mission this must have been. Surrounding the thrones were 24 other thrones, and seated on them were 24 elders. They were dressed in white and had crowns of gold on their heads. So last week we thought about this 24 elders, and we went to Revelation. You know, the Bible is supposed to interpret itself. Let's see if I can find the scripture here. Um, it said in the last part of Revelation that there are the 12 names of the apostles and the 12 tribes of Israel are represented in this in this book. We see in the throne of the foundation of the of the of the the heavens, the New Jerusalem. Let me see if I can find that for you. Hold on. Revelation. Let's find that right here. The New Jerusalem. See that's here. It talks about the. Yeah, it says. Listen to this. This is this is describing the New Jerusalem. It had great high walls with twelve gates, and with twelve angels at the gates. On the gates were written the names of the twelve tribes of Israel. There were three gates on the east, three on the north, three on the south, and three on the west. The wall of the city had twelve foundations, and on them were the names of the twelve apostles of the Lamb. So I, I don't think it's a stretch for us to say, you know, not necessarily dogmatically, but to say that these twenty-four elders are representatives of the apostles, and representatives of the 12 tribes of Israel. So we've got the Old Testament here covered, the New Testament covered. So these 24 elders may just be 12 apostles and 12 representatives of the 12 tribes of, of Israel. It would make sense because it's mentioned again. Let's continue on then. It says, um, verse 5, from the throne. Picture yourself here. Picture yourself as John looking at this and seeing this and hearing it. He says, from the throne came flashes of lightning. Now that had to be very scary. Rumblings and peals of thunder. Before the throne, seven lamps were blazing. These are the seven spirits of God. Now we studied in Isaiah, and I'll give you a quick review. Isaiah, I believe it's chapter 11. Let me turn there. Yeah, Isaiah chapter 11. Let me tell you what the seven spirits represent. They represent deity, wisdom, understanding, counsel, power, knowledge, and reverence. It says here, in uh, Isaiah 11.1, 1, a shoot will come from the stem of Jesse. This has got to be speaking um, of, of the Lord Jesus. From his roots, a branch will bear the fruit. The spirit of the Lord will rest on him. The spirit of wisdom, of understanding, the spirit of counsel, and of power, the spirit of knowledge, and of the fear of the Lord, and he will delight in the fear of the Lord. So the seven characteristics mentioned in Isaiah apparently make up the Holy Spirit. Okay? That's what the Holy Spirit is made of. Wisdom, deity, counsel, uh, power, reverence, etc. So we see here it says, from the throne came flashes of lightning, rumblings, and peals of thunder. That, that echoes power to me. Okay? Great power. Before the throne, seven lamps were blazing. These are the seven spirits of God, or the sevenfold spirit of God, your, your Bible may say. Also before the throne, there was what looked like a sea of glass, clear as crystal. Now, this is interesting, too, because um, in Revelation, let me find it for you. Hmm. Let me go back here. It's got to be in the Holy Spirit. Um, 
it talks about the um, sea. It says it's a sea of glass and fire. You know, if you've ever watched, like, for example, an oil fire, okay, where it can be on water, looks like it's on fire because the oil or gasoline or whatever is burning on top of that. That's the way I picture this, is that it's a sea and that it's on fire. We see here in verse 6, it says, Also before the throne there was what looked like a sea of glass, clear as crystal. So it was calm here. In the center, around the throne, were four living creatures. Now your, your King James may say beasts. Creatures is probably a better translation. And they were covered with eyes in front and in back. The first living creature was like a lion. The second was like an ox. The third had the face of a man. The fourth was like a flying eagle. Each of the four living creatures had six wings and was covered with eyes all around, even under his wings. So when we think about that for just a minute, okay? What would the eyes represent to you? All seeing. All seeing, huh? Yeah. So God may have may have given John this vision of the creature with eyes all around, but it's possible that the actual creature is just all seeing. And that's how God represented it to John. Do you understand what I'm saying here? Okay. That may be just what John saw. Let's take a look here at where these creatures are mentioned, because they're very interesting. Um, let, me, let me find my place here real quick. We are going to go to this. Okay, in verse 10, it says, let's see, the 24 elders fell down before him who sits on the throne and worshiped him who lives forever and ever, that they there had found before the throne. That's not what I'm looking for. Oh, it's in verse 9. Wherever the living creatures give glory and honor and thanks to him who sits on the throne, and who lives forever and ever. We also see this in Revelation chapter 5, verse 6. Look at that for just a second. It says here, Then I saw a lamb looking as if it had been slain, standing in the center of the throne, encircled by the four living creatures and the elders. We also see it in verse 8, Revelation 5, 8. It says, And when he had taken it, the four living creatures and the twenty-four elders fell down before the Lamb. Each one had a harp, and they were holding golden bowls full of incense, which are the prayers of the saints. Now, we're not getting to that tonight. Then we go to verse 14. Verse 14 says, The four living creatures said, Amen, and the, all the elders, and the elders fell down and worship. So, so far we see that these four living creatures connected in every scripture so far with the elders. Let's just keep looking. How about... Uh, Revelation eleven sixteen. That would be. Yeah. And again, was it a actual lamb that was standing on the on the throne, or is that how God portrayed it to John when in fact the Lamb of God is Jesus Christ and he was slain? And he is on the throne. You see what I mean? So it's very possible that because um, John had to describe this in some way, that God gave him that vision to describe it to us. We know who the Lamb is. We know it's Jesus Christ. So I'm in Revelation chapter 11, verse 16. And it says, and I'm just, we're just following this, this through. And the 24 elders... Who were seated on the throne 
on their thrones before God fell on their faces and worshipped God, saying, Where is the elder or the uh, where is the hold on? Is Pinty just so small? Uh, I don't see it there, so that's interesting. Let me look at uh, Revelation chapter um, 19.4. Okay, let's look at that then. There we go. And so 19.4. Now this is, you know, toward the end of things. And it says here, the 24 elders and the four living creatures fell down and worshipped God, who was seated on the throne, and they cried, Amen, Hallelujah. So let's go back to Revelation chapter 4 for just a minute. And let's look at these creatures. In the center, around the throne, were four living creatures. So these creatures could be something, or someone, or some entity that we do not know about in, on the face of this earth, okay? This may be a heavenly creature that is created to worship God or give Him praise. Huh? Chapter 6 is full of where it speaks about this. Chapter 6? Oh yeah, chapter 6 is... Right, chapter 6, the preacher actually announces, in fact, in verse 1 it says, I watched as the Lamb opened the first of the seven seals, then I heard one of the four living creatures say in a voice like thunder, come. So these creatures have, have quite the job before God. We don't know what they look like, it just says they were covered with eyes in front and back. The first living creature was like a lion. What is a lion? The lion is the king of beasts. Okay. The second was like an ox. What is an ox? A lion is an untamed king of beasts. An ox is a tame uh, beast that is very strong. It also says like the face of a man. A man is God's ultimate creation. Okay. And then it says like the face of a flying eagle. An eagle is portrayed as the king of the flying beasts, okay? Yes? In my um, writing Bible, it says that the creatures, some people find the similarity and from the Gospels. In Matthew, Christ appeared as the lion. In Mark, he is the servant who became the sacrifice for sin. In Luke's emphasis is on the Son of Man. And an eagle in flight into the heaven, as does John's gospel. Yeah, that's interesting, isn't it? Mm -hmm. You know, this stuff is all intertwined. Mm -hmm. God, in His wisdom, uh, He just, He just, He's amazing. Let's look at Isaiah real quick, and I'm going to be in Isaiah chapter. Let's start in verse six or chapter six, Isaiah six. Now, last week. We read in Daniel, and we read in Ezekiel. So let's go to Isaiah, because we did not read this, and we're going to do a real quick run-through on this. Isaiah chapter 6, here's what it says. I want you to compare this with Revelation chapter 4, okay? Isaiah 6, Revelation 4. Isaiah 6, 1. In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord seated on a throne. Isaiah says he saw the Lord seated on a throne. Let's see if this matches up with Revelation chapter 4. It says, high and exalted, and the train of his robe filled the temple. Above him were seraphs. Seraphs are, are high-ranking high angels. Okay? A seraph. It says, above him were seraphs, each with six wings. With two wings they covered their faces. With two they covered their feet. And with two they were flying. And they were calling to one another. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord Almighty. 
The whole earth is full of his glory. You'll notice that the holies always come in threes. You know why? Trinity, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Yeah, absolutely. At the sound of their voices, the doorposts and thresholds shook, and the temple was filled with smoke. Woe to me, I cried, I am ruined, for I am a man of unclean lips. I live among a people of unclean lips, and my eyes have seen the King, the Lord Almighty. Then one of the seraphs flew to me with a live coal in his hand, which he had taken with tongs from the altar. Now that's interesting, isn't it? He sees his vision of heaven, and there are tongs. Okay, there's tongs. You know, I, I think that we don't give heaven enough credit. God made gold, silver, platinum, titanium, iron, all the rest of this stuff, right? And it says that there are going to be these minerals and these things in heaven. Is it inconceivable then, okay? Is it inconceivable that God has heavenly machinery? Why not? No. If mankind is only using 10% of his brain, which I, I think might be a little generous. Yes, generous. Uh, and man can come up with these inventions that are incredible. Uh, why wouldn't God have things in heaven that are mechanical, that are perfectly mechanical, that are made, you know? Because he can breathe into creation. I know, God can just breathe into existence and they're made. It's, it's, it's amazing. Well, let's keep going then. Here's what he says. So one of the seraphs flew to me with a live coal in his hand, which he'd taken with tongs from the altar. When it, with it he touched my mouth and said, See, this has touched your lips. Your guilt is taken away and your sin atoned for. Then I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Who shall I send? And who will go for us? And I said, Here I am, send me. And he said, Go and tell this people, Be ever hearing but never understanding. Be ever seeing but never perceiving. Make the heart of this people calloused. Make their ears dull and close their eyes. Otherwise they might see with their eyes, hear with their ears, understand with their hearts, and turn and be healed. You know, it seems to me like Jesus quoted this, didn't he? In the gospel somewhere. This about about they, they will uh, always be hearing but never understanding. They will be perceiving but never figuring it out. Let's go to another scripture. I think Isaiah 66. Let me look. This is what the Lord says. This is Isaiah 66, verse 1. Heaven is my throne, and the earth is my footstool. Where is the house you will build for me? Where will my resting place be? Has not my hand made all these things? And so they came into being, declares the Lord. That's pretty amazing. Go with me to Ezekiel real quick. Okay, so you're just going to keep turning east. Now, we, we looked at Ezekiel chapter 1 last week, and I'm just going just to read it. And I want you to compare it with Revelation chapter 4. It says here in verse 4, Ezekiel 1, 4, I looked and I saw a windstorm coming out of the north, an immense cloud with flashing lightning and surrounded by brilliant light. This is, in fact, the throne of God that he is seeing. The center of the fire, that would be God, looked like glowing metal. 
That's the best you can describe it. And in the fire was what looked like four living creatures. Now, in appearance, their form was that of a man, but each one of them had four faces and four wings. Their legs were straight, their feet were like those of a calf, and gleamed like burnished bronze. Under their wings, on the four side, they had the hands of a man. All four of them had faces and wings, and their wings touched one another. Each one went straight ahead, and they did not turn as they moved. Their faces looked like this. Each of the four had the face of a man, and on the right side, each had the face of a lion, and on the left, the face of an ox. Each also had the face of an eagle. Such were their faces. Their wings were spread out upward. Each had two wings, one touching the wing of another creature on the other side, and two wings covering its body. Each one went straight ahead. Wherever the spirit would go, they would go without turning as they went. Almost like a, I mean, this is kind of maybe a bad example, but almost like a spaceship, okay, if you will. So a spaceship, you know, you think of it being able to go in any direction. It doesn't have to turn. You know what I mean? It can just go. And that's kind of how it's describing this throne, is that they, the faces that each one of these living creatures, there's four of them on each corner, they all have these four faces, lion, man, eagle, and ox, and it says they all went straight ahead. That's got to be the four living creatures from Revelation chapter 4. And the description of these is a little bit different than Revelation chapter 4. And I was thinking about that today. If I had, let's say, an antique clock, okay? An antique clock that was very detailed. And I showed it to you, and I said, I want you to describe this clock to me. I would get a different description from people, wouldn't I, on the same clock. And so Ezekiel, when he describes these four living creatures, he's describing them as he saw them. John is describing them in Revelation as he saw them. Okay? And if the descriptions aren't exactly the same, it's because they're describing them in their own words and in their own patterns. Okay? Now, let's go on. I'm going to read in verse... Um, 13, Ezekiel 1.13. The appearance of the living creatures was like burning coals of fire or like torches. Fire moved back and forth among the creatures. It was bright and lightning flashed out of it. The creatures sped back and forth like flashes of lightning. As I looked at the living creatures, I saw a wheel on the ground beside each creature with its four faces. This was the appearance and structure of the wheels. They sparkled like chrysolite, and all four looked alike. Each appeared to be made like a wheel intersecting a wheel. That's kind of hard to, to picture, isn't it? Yeah, like a gyroscope. Oh, that's good. That's really good. You gave me gloves to make Like a gyroscope. Wouldn't that be interesting if God's throne had gyroscopes around and they looked like wheels? How would how would Ezekiel describe them? They look like wheels, don't they? Like Yeah. Well, it's certainly going to be interesting to find out, isn't it? Well, let's keep going. I like the gyroscope thing. That's, that's good. It says here, each appeared to be a wheel. Each appeared to be made like a wheel intersecting a wheel. As they moved, they would go in any one of the four directions the creatures faced. The wheels did not turn about as the creatures went. Their rims were high and awesome, and all four rims were full of eyes all around. When the living creatures moved, the wheels beside them moved. And when the living creatures rose from the ground, the wheels would also rose. But wherever their spirit would go, they would go, and the wheels would rise along with them, because the spirit of the living creatures was in the wheels. 
You know, inquiring minds want to know. It says when when the preachers moved, they also moved. When the preachers stood still, they also stood still. And when the preachers rose from the ground, the wheels rose with them because the spirit of the living creatures was in the wheels. He repeats that. And whenever something is repeated uh, in such close proximity, it's it's important. Spread out above the heads of the living creatures what looked like an expanse. This may be that lake that um, John saw, okay? Sparkling like ice and awesome. Under the expanse, their wings were stretched out one toward the other, each and each had two wings covering his body. When the creatures moved, I heard the sound of their wings like the roaring of rushing waters, like the voice of the Almighty, like the tumult of an army. When they stood still, they lowered their wings. Then there came a voice from above the expanse over their heads as they stood with lowered wings. Above the expanse over their heads was what looked like a throne of sapphire. And high above on the throne was a figure like that of a man. I saw that what I saw that from what appeared to be his waist up, he looked like glowing metal. You notice he says, from what appeared to be his waist. He didn't say it was his waist. He says, it appeared to be his waist. He says, as if full of fire, and that from there down, he looked like fire. And brilliant light surrounded him, like the appearance of a rainbow in the clouds on a rainy day, so was the radiance around him. This was the appearance of the likeness of the glory of the Lord. When I saw it, I fell face down, and I heard the voice of one speaking. Let me see if there's one more in Ezekiel I want to I read to you. Yeah, look at Ezekiel chapter 10. We did not read this last week, okay? Ezekiel 10, 1, and I want to read it to you. It says, I looked and I saw the likeness of a throne of sapphire above the expanse that was over the heads of the cherubim. Cherubim are angels, powerful angels. The Lord said to the man clothed in linen. Now, who is the man clothed in linen? Um, I don't see the man clothed in linen real quick, but I wonder if this is a, another angel. Go in among the wheels beneath the cherubim. Fill your hands with burning coals from among the cherubim and scatter them over the city. And as I watched, he went in. What did Isaiah say? Isaiah said that he took a burning coal with tongs. So this has got to be related to that. So we have Isaiah, we have Ezekiel, both of them witnessing of the same thing, right? Let's go on. He says here in verse 3, Now the cherubim were standing on the south side of the temple when the man went in and a cloud filled the inner court. Then the glory of the Lord rose above the cherubim, above these angels, and moved to the threshold of the temple. The cloud filled the temple and the court was full of the radiance of the glory of the Lord. The sound of the wings of the cherubim to be heard as far away as the outer court, like the voice of God Almighty when he speaks. When the Lord commanded the man in linen, quote, take fire from among the wheels, from among the cherubim, end quote, the man went in and stood beside a wheel. Then one of the cherubim reached out his hand to the fire that was among them. He took up some of it and put it into the hands of the man in linen, who took it and went out. Under the wings of the cherubim could be seen what looked like the hands of a man. I looked and I saw beside the cherubim four wheels, one beside each of the cherubim. The wheels sparkled like chrysolite. As for their appearance, the four of them looked alike. Each was a wheel intersecting a wheel. So this is what he said in chapter 1. 
As they moved, they would go in any one of the four directions the cherubim faced. The wheels did not turn about as the cherubim went. The cherubim went in whatever direction the head faced, without turning as they went. Their entire bodies, including their backs, their hands, and their wings, were completely full of lives, as were the four wheels. I heard the wheels being called the whirling wheels. Each do uh, gyroscopes whirl? A little bit? Whirling wheels. Each of the cherubim had four faces. One face was that of a cherub. The second was the face of a man. The third, the face of a lion. The fourth, the face of an eagle. Well, and then we can go on, but we won't. Let's go back to Revelation chapter 4, and let's just keep going. So these creatures are associated with the throne, okay? They're four living creatures. They have powers, apparently, of um, seeing, because they're filled with eyes. They have four faces, a man, an eagle, a lion, and an ox, okay? And they move without turning. So this throne, this must be like a, a mobile throne or something of God, that he can, he can take it anywhere he wants or go anywhere he wants. Um, it's just, I, I just wish we had a picture of it. That would make things a lot easier for me. Okay, well, let's let's go around to Revelation chapter 4, and we're going to go in verse 8. Each of the four living creatures had six wings and was covered with eyes all around, even under his wings. Day and night, they never stopped saying, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty, who was and is and is to come. Wow. So these are praise machines. I mean, these, these living creatures are just praising God all the time. Whenever the living creatures give glory, honor, and thanks to him who sits on the throne and who lives forever and ever, the 24 elders fall down before him who sits on the throne and worship him who lives forever and ever. They lay their crowns before the throne and said, you are worthy, our Lord and God, to receive glory and honor and power. For you created all things. So this is the number one reason for, for God being the Lord. He created everything. And by your will, they were created and have their being. Chapter 5, verse 1. Then, I saw in the right hand of him who sat on the throne. Now this is interesting then. He can't describe the person sitting on the throne, but he's describing the right hand of him who sits on the throne. Okay? So, <clears throat> I would have liked to have been a fly on the wall of this, this deal here. He says, a scroll with writing on both sides and sealed with seven seals. So in the right hand was this scroll with writing on both sides and was sealed with seven seals. And I saw a mighty angel proclaiming in a loud voice, who is worthy to break the seals and open the scroll? But no one in heaven or on earth or under the earth could open the scroll or even look inside it. I wept and wept, because no one was found who was worthy to open the scroll or look inside. So the scroll, the seven-sealed scroll, okay, if we take the rest of Revelation from chapter 5 to the back, apparently what's written in Revelation is also written in these scrolls, okay? And it has seven seals. These seals can be opened individually. Why was John so sad? Because if this scroll, okay, if this scroll 
is the title deed to earth. And if in this scroll contains the future judgments, etc., etc., the the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ to make things right, the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ to get rid of evil and sin, which we know in the book of Revelation that is part of the second coming of Christ, is it not? Okay. <laughs> then if no one was found worthy to open the scroll, then justice and righteousness would not go forth. Sin would be a problem forever. It would not be able to be dealt with uh, the evil that's in the world. So John is crying. He's weeping over the fact that nobody is found to open this scroll that God, the Father, has in his right hand. However, it says, verse 5, Then one of the elders, this would be one of the 24 elders, we assume, do not weep. This is, look at the words here. See the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, has triumphed. He is able to open the scroll and its seven seals. Then I saw a lamb. So the elder tells him that the lion the tribe of, of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, is able to open the scrolls. And when he looks up, what does he see? A lamb. He doesn't see a lion. He sees a lamb. He says here, then I saw a lamb looking as if heaven, looking as if it had been slain, standing in the center of the throne, encircled by the four living creatures and the elders. So, obviously, the Lion of the tribe of Judah, the Root of David, the Lamb of the Slain, this can be no one else but Jesus Christ. Okay? Yes? He bears the scars in heaven. He bears the scars in heaven of his crucifixion. So we go on. He says here, so he sees this Lamb, Looking as if it had been slain. So obviously there's the scars he's seeing on Jesus. Okay. Standing in the center of the throne. It's interesting that he's standing. Encircled by the four living creatures and the elders, he had, this is Jesus, seven horns and seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God sent out into all the earth. Now, I have never seen a picture of Jesus Christ Painted with seven horns and seven eyes. Have you? No. Seven is the number of completion or perfection. Okay? So Jesus Christ saying that he has seven horns, horns in Revelation always indicate power. A horned animal is a powerful animal. Okay? Seven horns. So Jesus Christ is Perfectly and completely powerful. The seven eyes means that he doesn't actually have seven eyes. It just means that Jesus Christ is perfectly and completely able to see everything and have the power to see everything. That's what's being described here. Okay. Now, is everybody okay with that? Okay. Let's keep going. So he sees this. He sees this lamb, and he says he has seven horns and seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God sent out into all the earth. So Jesus Christ has the entire, perfect, complete Holy Spirit of God. Okay? It says, he came and took the scroll from the right hand of him who sat on the throne. And when he had taken it, the four living creatures and the twenty-four elders fell down before the Lamb. Each one had a harp, and they were holding golden bowls full of incense, which are the prayers of the saints. And they sang a new song. Now, what was the old song? The old song is in chapter uh, is in chapter four, verse eleven. You are you are worthy. Our Lord and God to receive glory and honor and power, for you created all things, 
and by your being they were created and have their being. So God was being worshipped as creator there. The new song is you are worthy to take the scroll and open its seals. Why? Because you were slain and with your blood you purchased men from God from every tribe and language and people and nation. You have made them to be a kingdom and priests to serve our God, and they will reign on the earth. Now, so if you ever get the, what about the uh, baby that lives in the deep forests of New uh, Guinea? It says here in my Bible, okay, he purchased men for God from every tribe and language, and people, and nation, okay? God has a way of reaching everyone. I don't know how, but he does. We keep going. Now, this is really interesting here in verse 11. First of all, let me, let me look at verse 10. You have made them. Who's the them? Us. Correct. You have made us, or them, to be a kingdom, so we are a kingdom, and priests, we're to serve our God, and we, or they, will reign on the earth. Jesus says that we will rule and reign with them. That's kind of unfathomable. I can barely balance my checkbook. This is in verse 11, Then I heard, or then I looked, and heard the voice of many angels, numbering, Thousands upon thousands and ten thousand times ten thousand. Well, ten thousand times ten thousand is a lot of angels. I think that that's a hundred million angels plus. Okay, so is there only a hundred million angels, or is 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 uh, God just saying there's lots of angels? There's lots of angels. That's probably what it is. Okay, He says they encircled the throne. Wow. So we've got thousands and thousands and thousands and hundreds of thousands and millions of angels now encircling this throne of God and the living creatures and the elders. In a loud voice they sang, Worthy is the Lamb who was slain to receive power and wealth and wisdom and strength and honor and glory Come up. Seven. Perfect. A sevenfold adulation here. And what this is saying is that the, the Lamb of God, Jesus Christ, is worthy to receive all worship. You know, what a sad thing that we have Mormons, Jehovah's Witnesses, and others, others that don't believe that Jesus Christ is God. How can you not believe that Jesus Christ is God? It's all over the Bible. Well, you know what? You're right. They don't. Well, the Mormons use, I think, the King James Bible. So it would be in there. And the Jehovah Witnesses use their own Bible, but it is enough. They haven't changed everything in the Jehovah Witness Bible. There's got to be some evidence that Jesus Christ is Well, he is. And the song is this. Then, verse 13, I heard every creature in heaven, wow, and on earth, and under the earth, and on the sea, and all that is in them singing to him who sits on the throne and to the Lamb, be praise and honor and glory power forever and ever. The four living creatures said Amen, and the elders fell down and worshipped. What a scene that John has uh, seen here in heaven. Yes. I think it's from our last study in Revelation. I have that as a little footnote of the coronation of Jesus. The coronation of Jesus Christ. Yes, absolutely. This is actually the coronation of Jesus Christ, where he is given, he is given a scroll, and in this scroll has everything. It has the judgments that are coming. It 
It, the seals are going to be broken. It has everything that we're going to study here in Revelation. Well, it's it's about 15 to till. Do you want to read through chapter 6 and be done? Or do you want to go home now? Okay, we'll read. We'll just read chapter 6. And I gave you some handouts. I want you to look at those handouts. We'll study the handouts tomorrow because they start in uh, chapter 6. Chapter 6 says, John is speaking. I watched as the Lamb opened the first of the seven seals. Then I heard one of the four living creatures say in a voice like thunder, Come. I looked, and there before me was a white horse. Its rider held a bow, and he was given a crown, and he rode out as a conqueror bent on conquest. Now let's compare that with Revelation chapter 19, starting in verse 11, okay? I want you to compare these two. Revelation 19, 11 says this, I saw heaven standing open, and there before me was a white horse whose rider is called Faithful and True. With justice he judges and makes war. His eyes are like blazing fire, and on his head are many crowns. He has a name written on him that no one but he himself knows. He is dressed in a robe dipped in blood, and his name is the Word of God. The armies of heaven were following him, riding on white horses, and dressed in fine linen, white and clean. Out of his mouth comes a sharp sword with which to strike down the nations. He will rule them with an iron scepter. He treads the winepress of the fury of the wrath of God Almighty. On his robe and on his thigh, he has this name written, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Now we know who that is, don't we? That's pretty obvious. That's Jesus Christ coming back. So who's on the white horse in Revelation 6, he says, I looked, and they before me was a white horse. Its rider held a bow, and he was given a crown, and he rode out as a conqueror bent on conquest. What differences do you notice between this rider and the rider in chapter 19? <laughs> he rode as a conqueror, okay. Okay. Do you notice the difference in the crowns? Yeah. It says that Jesus has many crowns. This guy has a crown. This guy is a counterfeit. Okay. This guy is masquerading as Jesus Christ. Remember the word, what's that? He is the deceiver. When you look at the original language, okay, and we have the Bible that is translated anti-Christ. It's translated that way in uh, the epistles of John and etc. The word in the Greek can also mean instead of Christ. It can mean anti or it can mean instead of Christ. In this case, the Antichrist is writing out instead of Christ. He is a counterfeit uh, coming to to, uh, to the world. It's rider held a bow, but we don't see anything about arrows. Nothing about arrows in here. So he held a bow, so how is he planning on conquesting? We're going to guess that he's going to do it through diplomacy of some kind. When the Lamb opened the second seal, I heard the second living creature say, Come. Then another horse came out, a fiery red one. Its rider was given power to take peace from the earth, and to make men slay each other, to him was given a large sword. What would we, we terminate this as? War, right? This is war. So the, the first horse comes out under diplomacy. The second horse comes out under war. Verse 5, when the Lamb opened the third seal, I heard the third living creature say, Come, I looked at before, and it was a black horse. Its rider was holding a pair of scales in his hand. Then I heard what sounded like a voice among the four living creatures saying, A quart of wheat for a day's wages, 
and three quarts of barley for a day's wages, and do not damage the oil and the wine. When you have widespread war, what is a natural following of that? Famine. Yeah, famine is a natural uh, war because crops are burned up, farmers are killed, etc., etc. So this this writer on the third, uh, uh, this writer on the the black horse, he's holding a pair of scales. Why would you have a pair of scales? Well, that would be yeah. measuring commerce, right? It's a commercial thing. Yeah, we're rationing exactly. And he says here, then I heard what sounded like a voice from among the four living creatures saying, a quart of wheat for a day's wages. That's not much. A quart of wheat for a day's wages. That would indicate to me extreme poverty and, and, and famine and, and uh, just, just a failure commercial. He says, and three quarts of barley for a day's wages. Barley is, I mean, is barley even any good? I mean, barley is kind of a lower form of wheat, isn't it? It says, and do not damage the oil and the wine. Now that's interesting. We'll get into that next week. When the land opened the fourth seal, I heard the voice of the fourth living creature say, Come. I looked, and there before me was a pale horse. Pale. This word in the Greek is the word chloros. C-L-O-S. Chloros. What does that remind you of? Chlorox. Yes. What color is chlorox? It's kind of a pale yellowish green, isn't it? This is the chlorox horse. When the lamb opened the fourth seal, I heard the voice of the fourth living creature say, Come, I looked, and there before me was a pale horse. Its rider was named Death, and Hades was following close behind him. They, that would be Death and Hades, were given power over a fourth of the earth to kill by sword, famine, and plague, and by the beasts of the earth. The word wild is I don't believe in the in the uh, in the uh, original. Now this is interesting. Famine we can know, plague we can know, but the beasts of the earth is that talking about literal animals, beasts, um, or is that talking about terrorists? Okay, terrorists, terroristic people. We'll 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 look at that next week. When he opened, and we're almost done here, when he opened the fifth seal, I saw under the altar the souls of those who had been slain because of the word of God. These are martyrs. And the testimony they had maintained. They called out in a loud voice, How long, sovereign Lord, holy and true, until you judge the inhabitants of the earth and avenge our blood? Then each of them was given a white robe, and they were told to wait a little longer until the number of their fellow servants and brothers who were to be killed as they had been was completed. Now we see nature in total chaos. I watched as he opened the sixth seal. There was a great earthquake. The sun turned black like sackcloth made of goat hair, and the whole moon turned blood red and the stars in the sky fell to the earth as late figs dropped by dropped from a fig tree when shaken by a strong wind. The sky receded like a scroll, rolling up, and every mountain and island was removed from its place. That's a, that's a big earthquake. <laughs> then the kings of the earth, the princes, the generals, the rich, the mighty. And every slave and every free man hid in caves and among the rocks of the mountain. They called to the rock, the mountains and the rocks, quote, fall on us and hide us from the face of him who sits on the throne and from the wrath of the Lamb, for the great day of their wrath has come, and who can stand? Unquote. <laughs> 
we've got going now, okay? The whole Bible presents us a picture of prophecy, what's going to happen in the last days, okay? And right now, you are seeing the individual pieces of the puzzle put into their place. Israel is now a nation. It's in its place, okay? Um, we, we see wars, rumors of wars, Famines, we see earthquakes, we see the beginning of the birth pains. Those pieces of the puzzle are all being put in their place. It'll be interesting to see when those last pieces of the puzzle get put into place. Fortunately, I don't think we're going to be here. I think we're going to be in heaven having a party with the Lord Jesus Christ. So, let's pray. Father in heaven, thank you so much for your grace. This is hard to understand. It's hard for us to picture the four living creatures, how they move, the wheels. It's hard for us to picture these things, Lord, but we ask you that as we read it, you'll make it more plain to us, Father, that it'll come together, that we'll get the picture. In any event, Lord, we know what the last page of the book says. And we're so thankful for that, Father. We do again pray for all the folks that are on the prayer list, especially for, for John that you bless him and his family as they mourn the death of his father. And bless all those who need uh, physical healing and help. And we thank you for that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right, my friends. Thank you. I'm good. Is anybody else good?